Hello, and welcome to the Vacation Impossible podcast for Wednesday, May 15th. We are currently on the Carnival Imagination, sailing from Ensenada, Mexico, back to Long Beach, California, uh, towards the end of our four-day cruise. So, uh, Mike, what do you think of the trip so far? It's fantastic. I had a great time. We, uh, we did a good excursion. Had some questions in regards to the, the how it was run, but it was uh, it was fun overall. Um, so yeah, it was Ensenada, the ten top ten best. The where ten, yeah. we only made what I think five stops. You had top ten best. How's that work out? Yeah. Uh, so like some of the top ten are things that you drive by and like they they point it out and then like check it off the list, I guess. Yeah. But and like, you have to like rush to take a photograph and then you're on the bus, so you're trying to go over people's heads and. You know, trying to get the reflection out of the window. Yeah. I mean, you could interrogate us with a bright light and a microphone, and we couldn't tell you the ten things we saw. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, I Maybe four I could name. Yeah. And that's it. But but that having been said, there were there were some clear things that were awesome. Like, we went to La Bufadora, which yep. was good. Which so that's, good. that's one. That's uh, and we got some tacos there included. So the tacos, the restaurant's probably one of the ten, I guess. Actually, the food? it must have been, yeah. But, yeah. The, but the tacos were really good, though. If you, rec- if you love tacos and you go to Bufadora... I recommend this uh, this taco place. Yeah, uh, if you're not a huge uh, fan of spice, which I'm not, um, then uh, the chicken is really good and not yeah. too spicy. Yeah. But the uh, thing is, is that when you well, when I got there, I was only given the option of either shrimp or fish. Yeah. But yet on the bus, they said, "Oh, you can pretty much pick anything." But I was only given those two options, so I picked fish. And then when you showed up directly behind me, yeah. You were given multiple options. Yeah, so I went with the pork and the chicken. Yeah. Chicken was awesome. The pork was, like, super spicy. Okay. Um, and so then we also stopped at a winery. We stopped at a church. Yep. And then there was the tequila tasting. So that's the five things I can come up with. Uh, um, we stopped briefly overlooking a beach area. Yeah, we got a, we got a picture of a sign at a beach, but we didn't get a chance to go, like, get our picture taken with the sign. Yeah. Um... But anyways, that having been said, it was $50 and, you know, it was five hours. Mm -hmm. And so I I still think it was a good value. I just think that by calling it, uh, you know, the 10 best is overselling it because it wasn't, it didn't really feel like 10. No, it wasn't the best because you, yeah, only named five of the stops, so. Yeah. So today on the podcast, we're going to cover a lot of interesting topics. I got some stories about things that are good and bad things happened at Hilton Garden Inn. Uh, We're going to talk about the Apple credit card. We're going to be talking oh. about whether Faster the Fun is worth it. Uh, mm. A whole bunch of interesting stuff. So, um, yeah, let's just get into it. Before we get into the topics, though, just some things on the horizon. Uh, so, there's no, there's no word right now about a Mario Marathon 2019 in Indianapolis, uh, other than a couple of tweets that look like it might be happening, but we don't have any dates. Yeah. Uh, I, I am in part of the planning group, uh, so I do have some behind-the-scenes information. So, the only additional thing I can tell you is that I think that... Dan is currently working on refreshing the passport system. So why would Dan be doing that if we weren't having a marathon? And I think a couple weeks uh, or months ago, the official Mario Marathon account, I believe, tweeted something about creating project files for Mario Marathon 2019. So hopefully it's happening and hopefully we'll we'll be invited. Um, But we haven't heard anything official yet. So beyond what I just said, we know as much as you know. Uh, and I'm super excited because one of my favorite bands of all time, Hootie and the Blowfish, have, uh, are touring for the first time in like 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'll get a chance to go see them. Um, they only have like one date in Canada, I think, and it's uh, it's out east. So um, we'll see. I need the Mario Marathon thing to get sorted out so I know how much vacation time I can play with. 
but it's cool because uh, another one of my top three favorite bands of all time is opening for them, which is Bare Naked Ladies. So that would be an amazing show I would love to go see. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. And as we announced on our previous podcast, we are going to Gen Con. This is John and I. We're going to be driving from Vancouver all the way to Indianapolis with stops in Mount Rushmore, Deadwood, Sioux Falls, uh, Riverside, Iowa, uh, Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City, Salt Lake City. And here's a funny thing that happened after we started booking everything with just a... A couple weeks ago, John got invited to a wedding that actually uh, times out perfectly for the end of the trip. We had to cancel one hotel that we had booked for Richland in Washington State on the way back. But basically at Salt Lake City, we were going to take a literal hard right turn and go straight up to Edmonton. (laughs) So this trip trip has just gotten a bit more interesting. John and I have gone to Edmonton a couple of times. We've got different videos here on the... Uh, on our YouTube channel that you can see about that, but we're headed back as so we are going from Vancouver to Indianapolis and back again via Edmonton, yeah, Edmonton. which is kind of weird and unexpected, yeah. but it's pretty exciting. So we're gonna we still need to figure that out exactly how we're gonna do that. I think we got about two thirds of the hotels booked, and um, a a fan of the podcast, fan of the Mario Marathon, and fan of the CU podcast, Gutang Clan. Uh, reached out to us on Twitter, so we're going to see about meeting up with him in Sioux Falls, uh, maybe go for a, a dinner somewhere. I've asked him what his uh, favorite restaurant is, so I want to see what kind of restaurant uh, in Sioux Falls he might recommend. He said that they do have a Red Lobster, but get this, John doesn't like Red Lobster. John does not like Red Lobster. He doesn't, so he's vetoed it for that road trip. But was, oh, okay. Uh, right. Which, hey, that's fine. Plenty yeah. of other lovely places yeah. to eat, so uh, hopefully Guten comes up with something good uh, for Sioux Falls. Looking forward to meeting him. I'd laugh if it was Red Lobster. Uh, well, and we were talking about Red Lobster because he saw that uh, for this trip, I tweeted about it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, we have one here in Sioux Falls. And I'm yep. like, yeah, what about your favorite restaurant? Just because I know John's not a Red Lobster fan. So, yeah. Okay. Um, also, we still have every intention of going to Portland Retro Gaming Expo in October. Um, but I'm just waiting for the guests to be announced before I buy okay. tickets and finalize things. And I'm sure Pat Contry will be there. That's that's the hope. I mean, he usually is, and he's, you know, like they sponsored his NES marathon for a local hospital in San Diego, so I imagine he'll be there. Yeah. Um, and so we'll probably be headed back to that. And then, of course, in December is the big trip, the Panorama. Oh, yes. The second ever sailing of that ship. The first one's a, a little three-day to Ensenada, similar to what we're doing now, uh, except shorter and more expensive. So we're not doing that. We're going on our second ever sailing, which is a seven-day sailing. goes to Cabo San Lucas, Mazatlan, and Puerto Vallarta. Nice. So uh, we'll be showing you in December uh, the the Panorama, first new uh, ship, and it's going to be on the West Coast based in Long Beach. So we're super, super excited about that. Sadly, I doubt I will be there for that because I don't think I can get time off from work. Yeah, and we're also looking at possibly booking a cruise next year in 2020 that is a full transit through the Panama Canal. Yes, 17 full days. 17 days on the Carnival Miracle. So we haven't booked anything yet. Sam is getting ready to pull the trigger on his end. I'm thinking about it. I've booked some time off. We'll see, but that could be a very exciting trip. Yeah. Uh, So uh, excited about that possibility. So uh, interesting story um, back in... um, December, uh, I, I was on this trip, a similar version of this trip where we where we sail out of Long Beach, go to Ensenada, and I stayed at a Hilton Garden in LAX, and there was a bizarre billing issue that happened. Oh. So 
I pre-booked. Now, when you have H honors and you pre-book, if you prepay, if you book far enough in advance, you can save like up to 15% by prepaying. Okay. And so you pay in full. And one thing that's lovely about that is you get there and then you don't have to pay. Uh, and so you're able to kind of amortize the cost. You pay, you know, the hotel in advance. And so you're not shelling out all this money actually on the trip, which is nice. You spread out the, the cost over time. Um, and so it was charged, paid in advance. Everything was fine. Uh, but then they charged me this like super nominal amount uh, on the bill afterwards, I got the e you get the uh, the bill emailed to you afterwards, and it was um, it was like three dollars or something, but it was like here's the room rate, here's what you paid, here's the difference charged to your card, and I'm like, what? Yeah, it didn't make sense, and it was such that a doesn't... small amount, but it pissed me off because yeah. you know it's the okay. it's the principle of the thing, and I know Hilton, I'm pretty loyal to Hilton, I know that they're going to make it right eventually, so I called into the Hilton line to get this corrected. And they, without telling me what they were doing, they said, oh, we'll transfer you to someone who can help you. Okay. Fantastic, right? They transferred me to the hotel, the front <laughs> desk of the hotel, uh -uh. which was weird. And it was a transfer. So they thought I was like a currently booked guest there, yeah. like calling from one of the rooms. And they're like, oh, do you need something in your room? And I'm like, no, no, no. I stayed there before. There was a billing issue. And uh, there's, <laughs> we're we're on a four day sale right now, and so there. This is sometimes known as a Section Eight cruise or a booze cruise, yeah. and there are definitely some people who they stereotype in the hallway, screaming and yelling and hollering. Um, but anyways, so uh, I got somebody at the at the hotel, and they said, "Oh, um, only one person here can help you with that, and it's not me." So I I, I, I need you to speak to that person, yeah. and I said, "Okay." Um, you know, and they said, but they're helping another guest right now. I said, okay, I, I can wait. They said, no, you can't. <laughs> what? We, we'll call you back. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, hey, maybe, you know, if, if, if maybe they're dealing with something that's going to take a long time, and then, you know, I could have been on hold for, like, for a very long time. Who knows? So maybe they're trying to be nice, you know? Okay. So, like, oh, callback request. Okay. And they said, oh, we'll get back to you really, really soon, like, within a day or something, they said. It never happened. <laughs> uh, they never that, yeah. they never called me back so uh i go to twitter and, and so uh i contacted hilton uh through twitter and then they fixed it right away no wait times you know just a couple of direct messages back and forth they apologized they sorted it all out and they made it fine and so that's sort Fantastic. of what hilton does yeah. um you know and that and so that's why i'm loyal to hilton because they don't always get it right they're not always perfect. Well, but when they get it wrong, they fix it eventually. But not every hotel, not every chain, not every business is perfect. Yeah, of it's course, you can't they, expect it. It's the way they correct the issues. It's, the way, it's how they handle the customer service. That's what makes it uh, better. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know that there's that structure and that corporate culture behind it. Yeah. That if it goes wrong, and when you travel as much as we do, you're, yeah. it's eventually going to go it's wrong. Gonna go Something's going to happen. Exactly. It's just life. Yeah. You know, you can't expect anyone to be perfect all the time. And you know what? If it is perfect all the time, that's easy. Yeah. It's easy to provide great service when nothing's going wrong. It's when things go wrong. Exactly. And so, um, that so that was the Hilton Garden in LAX. Mm -hmm. Okay, not 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 the greatest service there, but it was a when I was there, it was fine. But over the phone, not the greatest. So. Here's a different uh, Hilton Garden Inn story where they totally saved the day. This was in February. We were booked to stay at the Hilton Garden Inn in Renton. 
for one night. And then we were going to travel to Walla Walla, Washington. I kid you not, because it sounds funny. <laughs> we never Walla. been. Uh, it traveled through some areas that we wanted to check out, some historical places along the way. But this is February, and a snowstorm hits. Is there like, oh, okay, what was a snowstorm? So it wouldn't be a Wally World in Walla Walla World? Walla Walla, Washington? <laughs> Wally World, isn't that from like National Lampoons? It is, but it doesn't want to exist? I think, I'm not sure. I thought it was fictional. Oh, was it fictional? Okay, I thought actually there actually did exist a Wally world, but maybe I'm wrong. Or, or yeah, I don't know. I don't like, know, folks. You, you tell us in the comments. Is, yeah. there a, is there a Wally world? Does it really exist, or is it fictional? Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things, is we always record these podcasts on location. When we're on a cruise ship, we don't have access to the internet, so yeah. we're kind of flying without Wikipedia. We can't Google things. So if, uh, if uh, Mr. Chevy Chase, if you're, uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, shoot us a uh, comment. Let us know if Wally world does exist or not. So we were headed to Walla Walla, and a snowstorm hits. And so I had one night booked at the Hilton Garden Inn in Renton, and I had a Hampton Inn booked at Walla Walla. Now, they're different sort of sublines of the Hilton brand, but they're all part of Hilton. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly how that organizational relationship works, but we prepaid for both because I wanted to save my up to 15% on the advance purchase. Mm -hmm. But the problem was all the roads from Renton to Walla Walla were blocked because of the snowstorm. Uh. So... I'm, I'm kind of like, oh no, but I prepaid. Uh, and so I'm a little concerned. Um, and so, you know, we wake up the, the next morning and we're checking the Department of Transportation's website. And yeah, every single road connecting those two uh, places are shut down. It is impossible to get there. So I'm hoping that this sort of act of God thing will allow them to do something for me. Um, but I'm concerned. And uh, it's getting close to checkout time. So I... Um, uh, you know, I called in uh, and I waited on hold for a little bit at Hilton. And then they said, oh, this is an advanced purchase. We have to transfer you to the advanced purchase team. Okay. And so I'm waiting on hold for a bit and like, you know, 10 minutes goes by and it's getting close to like checkout time. So we're like, all right, we're going to have to try and figure this out at the desk. So I, I end the call. We pack up all our stuff and we head down to the front desk of the Hilton Garden Inn in Renton. And we get the assistant manager there who was absolutely lovely. We tell okay. her what's going on. And she says, don't worry about it. I'll take care of everything. And those, wow. those, that's the greatest thing to hear. Yeah. And, you know, I used to teach customer service and service recovery. Yeah. And so the step one is uh, take ownership of the problem, even yeah. if you didn't create it. And she did that right away. And it was fantastic. She says, uh, her name was Lauren. So Lauren, the assistant manager at Hilton Garden in Renton, thank you. I got her permission to mention her in the podcast and give her a little shout out yeah. uh, uh, because she was so fantastic. She says, I'll take care of everything. She gets on the phone. She calls the other location. She, you know, uh, and, and then she calls uh, into the advanced purchase group and everything. And she says, okay, so here's what, what we've canceled that for you. We can book you a second night here if you want. Or, you know, you can go home and try to go home if you want. And so we'd love to stay a second night, but what does it cost? She goes, well, we can't give you the full discount that you got when you first booked. And I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. And and so I've got my cell phone, and I'm just under the counter going on, like, the Hilton site, looking at other locations nearby. Like, I don't want to be rude, but I don't want to pay too much. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe there's somewhere nearby that'll be cheaper. I can get a discount code or something. So I'm kind of surreptitiously checking the website as I'm, like, you know, talking to her. And she goes, oh, and, like, we have affordability levels. That, yeah. that we, we look at. So, yeah. like, if a Hilton property, Hampton Inn, whatever it is, HGI, if it's less than $100 US before taxes and fees, that's a good, solid price. We'll book that. When it gets to be above, like, 120 that's when it gets a little, uh, let's look at alternatives. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I... 
you know, I know like, okay, if it's, if it's less than a hundred, I'm going to say yes right away. If it's like less than 120, I'm going to be like, let me think about it. And then I'll go on my phone. Well, not surreptitiously, but just straight up. I'm like, I want to check some options. I'm sure she'll, she'd understand. And if it's more than 120, it's like, maybe we just need to see about driving home. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. we'll see. Right. If I can't find something better. And she's like, oh, it's going to be like $90 a night instead of like the 85 that we initially paid. I'm like, yeah, done, done, book it. Uh, and so she was able to get us the refund on the prepaid one in Walla Walla. Wow. As of today, I still have not gotten to Walla Walla, but we might pass through it on the Gen Con road trip. We'll see. Perfect. Um, but yeah, she, she got refunded. She got us booked. She even let us stay in the same room. Perfect. And it was funny because as I'm waiting to speak to her, she answers the phone and she's like, I'm sorry, we're fully booked tonight. And so Excellent. I said, you know, I, I don't want to look at gift horse in the mouth in the mouth here. You've been absolutely lovely, but aren't you fully booked? And she says, well, we always prioritize guests that are here over guests that aren't. Fantastic. Uh, and yeah. so, and and don't worry. And I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want somebody to lose their reservation because of this. And she goes, I guarantee you that won't happen. Okay. We won't be displacing anyone because we're Good. helping you out. Okay. And I'm like, this is thank you. This is lovely. I don't know how they do it, but they did it, and it was great. We stayed the second night, uh, and that was the same hotel that we went to right before flying to. LA on this trip. Oh, right on. Okay. That's the same yeah, Hilton same. Garden in, in Renton, which was yeah. absolutely lovely, wasn't it? Was, it was. It was lovely. I, actually, I've been there. That's the second time I've been there. It, it is lovely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, great, it's great. It's it's relatively close to the airport. Yeah. Uh, so if you're flying out of SeaTac, uh, it's a fantastic option. Or even if you're just going to Seattle and you got a car, and so you can be a little, you know, yeah. you don't have to be super restricted in your options. It's a great place to stay. It's uh, affordable, uh, and it's a fantastic facility and lovely staff. Great service. Highly even, recommend. Even the shuttle bus was right there, right outside the door. Yeah, I mean, we so were using it but it was there, it was there and we were like go, had yeah. we been using it it would have been fantastic yeah. so i do highly highly recommend the hilton garden inn in renton uh and and thank you so much lauren for for sort of saving that trip and uh, we had a lovely time so uh some interesting uh, developments going on in the world of credit cards now we've talked mm-hmm. about credit cards on this on the podcast before because how they relate to travel uh and this one's kind of interesting so apple is creating their own credit card oh so okay uh, some interesting things about it. The card is going to have no numbers on it. No numbers. Yeah. And so from a privacy standpoint, I'm like, that's kind of cool. It is. But, but okay. what if you're phoning in to do something and they yeah. you read out the numbers from your card? There's no numbers There's, to read. How would that work? I don't know. That's interesting to find out. Unless they have like names or... Or letters, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, like they, they showed in the announcement uh, a mock-up of the Apple card, and yeah. it didn't seem to have identifier of any kind. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of interesting, and apparently it requires an iPhone. Okay, so you need an okay. So, so that is Apple all over. That Apple mm-hmm. all over, so Android users? Do sorry. not, yeah, yeah. Apple, Apple users do not apply. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what's... Android users do not apply. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, Android users do not apply. This yeah. is uh, this is an this Apple, is strictly for Apple exclusive thing. Yeah. And, you, know, you might have a MacBook, but if you don't have the iPhone, uh, you're SOL, yeah. as I understand it. So that's kind of interesting. They're really narrowing. But, I mean, that's kind of Apple. They're they're often about like exclusivity and stuff like that. Yeah, and they want so, to be on their own, right? So, yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of funny because they're like, they're, in the announcement, and this is where it gets really funny, if you ask me, um, they say, you know, we, we're not going to have access to your private information because that in the modern era that is a concern like who has access if you know if if apple has my credit card are they going to know what i'm purchasing combine that with everything i do on my phone and my and, and my tablet and my yeah. and my computer like that's a whole lot of information that yeah. that gets worrying uh and so they they tried to address that and they said don't worry you don't have to trust us we can't access your information don't trust us trust goldman sachs mm. 
because they're operating the card. Mm. Goldman Sachs, are you kidding me? After the yeah. crash of 2007, I was just gonna say, did they not have a major crash <laughs> earlier? Yeah, and and mm. like you know, with the with the subprime mortgage crisis and the default swaps and all this stuff, all the dodgy stuff that Goldman Sachs was doing, the number of times that they've been fined by the federal government. And How found... secure are their servers? Yeah, well, and that's that's an interesting question too. But for Apple to say, don't trust us, trust Goldman Sachs. I would trust Apple, and I don't like Apple. I would trust yeah. Apple before Goldman Sachs, Absolutely, personally. Yeah. Uh, so that is an interesting ploy that they're making there. Mm. So um, some interesting things, and as this sort of relates to travel, is if you're looking for a travel credit card, one of the things you're going to need to look for is currency conversion fees. So generally speaking, almost all credit cards in Canada, yep. they'll charge you an additional 2.9% on top of the currency conversion for charges in foreign currencies. And they're not super transparent about it. You will often have it in a supplementary agreement to a supplementary agreement to your cardholder agreement. Uh, and that, as a business practice, I don't like. I don't, I don't think that's okay. There are some alternatives out there. Um, the Home Trust Visa is what I use for travel and uh, costs in foreign dollars. Because there is, I've checked, there is absolutely no foreign currency conversion fee. And you get 1% cash back on everything. So oh, okay. it's actually really good. It's yeah. just um, when when this was all happening, uh, that that card was coming up. There's also something called Brim, which is a Mastercard that Sam has tried out that he likes mm -hmm. that has no currency conversion uh, fee. And there are other ones out there that they give you so much cash back it kind of counteracts it. But I don't like playing that game because again, it's like oh we give you four percent cash back. It's like yeah, but if you're taking two point nine percent, it's not really four really percent. I don't I don't like that kind of deceptive marketing. Uh, so I like Home Trust. Sam likes Brim. Works well for us, uh, but because that this was kind of being made known around the same time, that there was a huge run on applications for both programs, and so people were waiting like six months. I got my home trust visa in like a month, but other people waited like six months. Wow! I don't know how long the wait period is now, um, but those are sort of the two options that we have tested out and we recommend to people who who travel. Because okay. if you're just going to use your Scotia Bank, your Royal Bank, your whatever card, you're or actually going to be paying yeah. three percent more on everything that's not in. Canadian dollars yeah. so why do it so this Apple card allegedly has no fees uh, I went digging as deep as I could in the announcement and I, I couldn't find currency conversion fee but sometimes those fees aren't really identified as fees they're kind of built into the currency conversion amount mm. um, but near as I can tell Apple says no fees and they're saying 2% cash back on everything so mm. it might be an option okay. for your, if you have an iPhone and you're a traveler you might want to consider it yeah. because 2% cash back from Apple is better than one percent on Home Trust Visa. Yeah, but check those agreements and every supplementary agreement that they link to carefully for that foreign currency conversion fee. Um, okay. If you decide to go with the Apple Card or any credit card, if you're looking at. Uh, so, one question that we we receive a lot is uh, a carnival question: Is okay. faster to the fun worth it? So this is an additional amount of money that you pay. And you get a sticker on the back of your card, your sign and sale card that says faster to the fun. Mm -hmm. And it gets you some of the perks of like your platinum. Okay. Uh, and so it depends on the duration and the cost seems to always be increasing over time. So I don't want to get into a dollars and cents conversation um, because it, it can change. And it, for different duration sailings, the price is different. Uh, you only buy it once for the cabin. So one person buys it, everyone in the cabin, everyone in the stateroom gets the benefit. But what are those benefits and is it worth it? So let's run down the benefits. Okay. I got them here. <laughs> so they mention, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They say there are nine benefits to faster to the fun. 
but um, I think they're not being totally accurate because some I think they're double counting. So, okay. for example, they say you get faster security process when you board the vessel. Okay. They say you get faster check-in when you board the vessel, and they say you get faster boarding when you board the vessel, and your stateroom is better is ready sooner. That feels like one or two things, not the four yeah, things not, that they're yeah. counting. The security thing, for one thing, I'm platinum. Security isn't really faster. I don't think Fast of the Fun actually gets you through the security screening. Yeah, when we it. were in Long Beach, there was no separate screening no. for... Like, you might not wait in as long a line to get to the screening, but the screening itself is the same. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the check-in process, uh, if you hadn't checked in online, you would need to do it and, you know, Platinum faster the fun, a slightly shorter line, okay. But if you check in online, which we recommend and costs you nothing, um, then there's 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 no need, there's no, no issue need. there. Yeah. Uh, again, it's just you know you, maybe you can go in sooner with the priority boarding. So it's sort of the same thing, and so the same thing for boarding the ship. This is all a property of the same process. Going through security, checking in, and boarding the ship. It's one kind of process, really. Mm -hmm. So they're triple counting that one, and they say the stateroom will be ready sooner, like platinum. Okay, I think that's... And these are all minimal one-time benefits when you first get on the ship. If your taxi is caught in traffic or you just don't want to come to the ship or your itinerary doesn't work to get on the ship early, mm -hmm. none of these apply. So that's a very limited value. They also say that your luggage gets delivered sooner. However, I've had experiences where my, my luggage got delivered never. <laughs> and I had to go up on the Triumph. I had to go up to get services and collect my luggage myself. So I don't, I don't do, uh, you know, I don't have porters. I don't do the, the luggage check thing. Yeah. I'll sometimes check getting off the ship because it makes it a little easier that morning without luggage lugging it around. Um, and so you'll get your luggage, you know, like you'll probably get like a zone one or two tag. So if you're on a tight connection for a flight after the cruise, it might make some sense. But if you're doing self-assist, there's no value there. You also get faster service at guest services. There's the Platinum Diamond Club member lineup that Faster the Fun can also use. Yeah. If you have an issue, that can be helpful. Mm -hmm. There's the odd time where I've, I've had something I need to go talk to them about, and I like having that shorter line. Is it worth paying for? Well, I mean, if nothing goes wrong, you're never going to use it. Yeah. So it's almost, almost kind of like insurance that way, but I don't know. Uh, and, you know, you get a dedicated guest services line you can call that's faster service, but I think that's minimal, minimal value. They mentioned dining as a benefit. So you get, um, you know, if, if you want your time dining, but you have late dining, when you get on board, you can you can kind of negotiate your way into it. You go talk to the maitre d' and be like, oh, I'm platinum. And they can normally give you the dining kind you want. Okay. And so Faster the Fun gets you that mm -hmm. if you care a lot about dining. But for me, like your time early, late, they're all really good service. It's all very similar. Uh, and there's benefits to both. Your time, you're on your schedule. But set time, uh, you don't have to wait. You get the same waiter and the same table the whole time. They get to know you, know your preferences. So the service is generally a little bit better. It's a risk uh, because you get the same waiter. If you and the waiter don't click, you get a bad waiter. It can happen. Yep. Then there is the possibility that um, you know you might regret it. But I, it's so rare. And so they also mention water shuttle priority. Now, water shuttles is what Carnival is now calling their tenders. For some reason, people didn't understand the word tender, so the water shuttle, I guess, makes more intuitive yeah. sense. Okay. So, okay, fine, fair enough. You get priority, which is like what you get with platinum. Mm -hmm. So for this one, it can be a value. If you're going to Catalina, the tenders are fairly frequent. I don't think you wait very long. If you're going to Cabo San Lucas, if the tenders get backed up, you might not get off the ship until 2 p.m., and most of your day is gone. Wow. So 
For Cabo San Lucas, if you are not platinum, maybe Faster to the Fun. That's the one place I'd probably recommend it. And also, uh, faster debarkation, like, you can leave the ship sooner, because, again, you might get the luggage, the Zone 1 luggage tag. Mm -hmm. You can leave sooner, so if you have a tight connection. So, the Vacation Impossible thing, at least for me, faster to the fun. If you're going to Cabo San Lucas and you do not have platinum or higher status, then faster to the fun might be worth considering. But honestly, if you're not going to Cabo San Lucas, I don't think it's worth the money, because most of it is a one-time slight benefit or benefit only if something has already gone wrong. And I don't, I don't think it's worth the money personally. Sure. I'd say just level up and get platinum. That's what, that's what I would recommend. Keep, keep cruising, people. Keep cruising. Keep cruising. And apparently the people in the hallway also agree. Yeah. One thing we're often asked is, what are the mistakes that first-time cruisers make? And uh, what can be done to kind of avoid them? So... Uh, thinking back to your your first cruise and like what things what things did were kind of mistakes. One thing that um, I feel so bad when I see people do it because I feel I'm, I'm empathetic. I empathize with them. I feel so embarrassed for them is when they try to use their credit card or cash on the ship somewhere. Oh, because you yeah. use your sail and sign card, and so first time cruisers they don't necessarily know that. Maybe they haven't watched our video about that where we explain how it works, uh, and it's just so embarrassing. I can't bear to watch. It hurts to watch when someone's at the bar and they take out their credit card or a lot of cash. Just like no, that's oh. I mean, no one ever gives you a hard time about it. They're totally lovely about it, they, and they explain it quite nicely. They understand for first timers. Yeah. It's just hard to watch, yeah. uh, and so yeah, uh, the only place where you really want to use cash on the ship is if you're. You're tipping a performer so like somebody is singing in the piano bar uh, or maybe you want to buy a comedian's DVD after a comedy show those mm -hmm. things are cash transactions because those people aren't plugged into the system because yeah. that's sort of a private transaction but other than that you use your card everywhere uh, another classic one is when people use uh, wear the life jacket to the safety briefing yeah, you don't need to wear your life jacket to the safety brief. You don't need to wear your life jacket at all. Yeah. Unless like, it's an emergency. Yeah. I mean, check quickly to make sure you got the right number for the number of people in your cabin, and then just kind of forget they exist, really, unless something horrific happens. And it's uh, the thing is, the safety briefing, it's hot. It's crowded. Mm -hmm. You don't want an extra layer of clothing on for that. You, you know, like the padding and stuff takes up space. And it's like bright orange. Yeah. So nothing says I'm a first-time cruiser like showing up in your personal flotation yeah. device at the same yeah. debriefing. Again, I just, I feel for them. I don't want to be that person. It's just so embarrassing. Because once you're there, you can't really leave to go take it back. So you're stuck with it. Yeah. Um, uh, another classic one, uh, which I feel much less sympathy for, <laughs> is not getting back to the ship on time. Yes. Oh, they they <laughs> tell you over and over again what time you need to be back on the ship at. Mm-hmm. And, and there's always the some. There's almost always somebody that's always late. Somebody Your name gets announced. Mercedes, yeah. I think, was the name on this sailing in Ensenada. Yeah. Mercedes, please call guest services at seven 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 because yeah. they they haven't come back to the ship on time. So yeah. the ship might be late. They might get left behind. Uh, they could be running on the pier. We got pier runner videos in Ketchikan and uh, Bahamas and some other places because it's a little funny. Mazatlan. Um, and so I feel for them a little bit, but also you had so many opportunities to know the time yeah. uh, that it really is. I, I, I do kind of point and laugh sometimes. Yeah. I feel a little bad, but not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, get back to the ship on time. And like, especially if you're a first time cruiser, maybe stick to the carnival excursions mm -hmm. rather than doing your own thing or booking yeah. something privately yes. just until you get a little bit more comfortable with how everything works. 
uh, so you know where to look for the information. Uh, don't take risks on your first cruise would probably be my advice. And if you check out the other videos, you'll know that we did post a video in regards to uh, would the ship leave you if you were on a carnival excursion, whether or on an excursion on, that you booked on your own outside of Carnival. Mm -hmm. So check out those videos. It'll give you the answers to those questions. Yeah, and for the record, the ship will leave you yeah. if you're not it, on a Carnival yes, excursion. if you are not on a Carnival excursion, <laughs> they will leave you, yes. And at your own cost, yeah. you know. So, uh, and you may or may not be able to rejoin the ship later in the journey depending on regulations and timing and stuff. So, uh, and it's all at your own cost. So just, yeah, just yeah. don't. And carnival I mean, excursions only. Yeah, uh, the one the one exception to that is in uh, Mahogany Bay. Jan Daniel Johnson's is oh, very professional. Yes. They're quite good, yeah. uh, so I would trust them. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, yeah. Yeah. A another classic first time cruiser mistake is I think to overpack. People pack so I've much stuff. Done that too. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah. and not to call you out, but even on this trip, you were thinking about bringing a first aid kit, shampoo, conditioner. You don't need those don't things. Need those they're things. on the ship. Yeah, they're on the ship. Yeah. Uh, and so people pack tons of stuff. Uh, they pack like disinfectant and shampoo and soap and all this. And so uh, it really, you know, uh, overpacking, I think, is yeah. a classic first time cruiser mistake. Yeah. Now, you might have reasons for wanting to pack more than the average person. You might have a medical condition or you might have concerns about health and safety or, or cleanliness or whatever. Um, but I would say to try and pack as little as possible. You really, for, for any cruise, I think, you don't need more than a carry on. Now, of course, I've done like 28 days in Europe with just a carry-on, so I might be a little unusual there. But mm. um, generally speaking, uh, I, I think you can travel fairly light for, for a cruise. You don't need to bring snacks. People are like, what snacks should I bring? None. Don't bring any. There's food. Food. Free food on the ship. Yeah. Like, and like, any hour of the day. Don't waste an opportunity to yeah. eat ship food because it's good. It's and really it's good. generally yeah. free. So like, you know, the most exciting time on a cruise ship is when I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, there's so much selection. Uh, some people kind of underdress. I, I still fall victim to this sometimes. I do, yeah. It's like, we went to Mexico in, in May. It should be hot, but mm -hmm. at nighttime it's cold, so I need the pants and a sweater or something for being on, you know, out on the deck at night. Yeah. So underdressing can, can definitely be a thing. Um, and there can also be check-in issues uh, where maybe people didn't complete their online check-in before coming, or they didn't bring their passport. Maybe they forgot it or they don't have a passport. Uh, yeah. And you don't necessarily need a passport. I think American driver's licenses will work, but I, we recommend passports because yeah. everyone recognizes them. They don't vary from state to state, uh, and they work everywhere. Uh, so check-in issues. We've got a tutorial video up on our channel about how to do your online check-in. It's not particularly hard, but we walk you through it. Uh, and so if you complete your online check-in and just bring the boarding pass and your passport, then you're pretty good. And the signs and stuff is pretty intuitive. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the first-time cruiser mistakes is they don't do the check-in or they do it, they don't bring the printout or they don't bring their passport or they forget it or it's buried at the bottom of their bag when they get to the port. Show up to the port ready to go. Have your, your boarding pass printed and your, uh, and your passport. They have, have them in your hand so yeah. that way you can just automatically hand it to the, to the agent. Boarding pass into the picture page of the passport, hand it over, it'll go, that's how you make it go as fast as possible. Faster for you, faster for the people behind you, please do that. Everyone yeah. appreciates it, and you benefit as well. Yeah. Now, Carnival has begun uh, accepting mobile check-in uh, at some ports, but uh, I don't know how fully fluid that process is yet. So you can do it, but I would still recommend having the paper printout as a backup, uh, just because it could go faster. Um, so are there any other kind of first time cruiser mistakes that you can think of? Things that you see people doing and you remember yourself on your uh, Well, cruise? for example, if you're in a lineup and uh, you're on your phone, uh, pay attention to the people ahead of you. 
You know, because the people ahead of you will move and you're sitting there looking at your phone, not moving. You're now delaying the people, not only yourself, but you're delaying the people behind you. And now people want to go around you because you're not moving. Yeah, you become a pylon. You're a cone. (laughs) Pay attention to your surroundings at all times. Yeah, that's a a good idea. And also, if you're in a... airport or you're walking down and you have to stop to check your phone you got to stop to do something off to the side don't just stop dead where you are and kneel down and go through your bag or whatever because the people Mm -hmm. behind you are not expecting you to come to a sudden stop yeah so if you have to come to a stop move off to the side so that you're not blocking anybody else oh i just thought of another thing first time cruisers um they think all the all the photos are mandatory so, yeah, like, no. you're going through check-in, and they've got the backdrop drop of the ship. Yeah. You can pose for that. That photo's not free. That's yeah. going to be, you know, like, you what, 11 $13 minimum is, yeah. like, the cheapest you could get it. Yeah. Uh, and you're against a backdrop. You're going to be on the ship. You can take your own photos on the ship. You're, yeah. you know, a lot of the ports, you'll have opportunities with the ship behind you to take your own photos. Uh, and those aren't mandatory, and it just delays the boarding process, in my opinion, because I, I don't generally do that. So, you can just bypass it. They say, over here for your photo, you can say, no, thank you, and just go ahead if you yeah. want. Uh, don't feel that that's mandatory and it's not just boarding the ship it's on the ship they got the big uh, towel elephant uh, mm-hmm. or you know you're getting off at a port and they've got like the the wheel and they take your picture or they got it with like a you know somebody in a costume those those aren't mandatory you can absolutely skip them and save time doing that yeah. that, that I think is sometimes a first time cruiser uh, label <laughs> another question that we often get is what are the reasons to book an inside cabin hmm and I gotta say, I struggle with this one um, because I can only think of two reasons. One, it's cheaper. So you could travel more often as a result. Uh, yes. You know, the interior cabins are the cheapest cabins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, having a window costs more, having a balcony costs substantially more, and a suite we've never been able to afford. Uh, so it saves you money. The other reason I could think of is that you get the room nice and dark when it's time to sleep. Yes. You don't have to worry about trying to cover the window or the you know the balcony entrance completely. Uh, you shut everything off. The only light might be coming from like the people and like under the door. You can cover that easily. Like you can get interior rooms pitch black. If you want to sleep in pitch black, this guy does. Uh, interior rooms are, are great for that. That's all I got. I, I I don't know what other benefits there are to an interior cabin. Uh, if you if you don't like looking out at the scenery or the ocean, if you if you get seasick. And you look out the window and you see the water, maybe that'll affect your seasickness or your motion sickness. That's a really good point. Um, I hadn't considered that. Yeah. It, it, um, yeah, I, I can't think of anything else. If you don't like, um, if something happens, like for example, if uh, let's say you're cruising and the captain makes an announcement saying that there is a pod of dolphins or whales off to the side. Well, if you're in an inside cabin, you, you got to scramble. You, you have to scramble to go to a location. Uh, where you can see them now if you're not familiar with cruise uh, terminology you may go to the wrong side or it may take you forever so having the window could possibly help if uh, the situation is on that side yeah Um, even going into the docking at the port for example uh, you can look out the window and see the action happening how they secure the ship to the port or to the dock Um, you know I've I've even noticed times where I've walked back to the ship and you got the 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 lines out and they're secured I'm just wondering how do they get the lines out how, how do they do that so having a window that's on the same side could possibly answer that question for you if you're interested in it 
Yeah. So anyways, it looks like we, we came up with three reasons. It's cheaper, it's darker, and it might help with motion sickness. Yeah. So those are three reasons to book an interior cabin. Uh, if you have other reasons, please let us know. If you're watching on YouTube, comment below. If you're listening to the audio podcast, you can send us an email, team at vacationimpossible.ca, or you can hit us up on Twitter at vacayimpossible. But we would like to know, what are the other reasons for having an inside cabin? There's probably some. There's probably some more, think. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So another question that we get often um, is, what is the best kind of cabin for an Alaskan cruise? Oh, you would know this. Yeah, I, and yeah, absolutely. I haven't been to Alaska yet. Yes, yeah, it's, it's I, absolutely it's absolutely lovely. And what you're going to want to get for an Alaskan cruise is an ocean view cabin. Now, the reason for this is, is there's amazing things to see in Alaska. There's glaciers, there's animals, uh, just tons of stuff. It is fantastic and beautiful. You go to Alaska mostly to see, not so much to do, in my experience. And so we actually have a video on the channel where I just po pointed my GoPro out the ocean view window and did a bunch of time lapse. Uh, and so that gives you an idea of some of the things you'll see out those windows. It is well worth going to an ocean view. But I would not go to a balcony. This is the only kind of cruise I would not want a balcony. Because if you have ocean view, you get all of the views and none of the cold. It's very cold in Alaska. I mean, it fluctuates and sometimes it's t-shirt weather, but it's mostly cold. So I would go for ocean view. All the views, none of the cold. And the thing is, when you're on an Alaskan cruise, all of the windows up on Lido are crowded almost all the time. People will mm -hmm. grab the chairs from the tables and set them up at the windows and their whole family will crowd around and you won't be able to see much. You can go outside where, again, it's cold. Why, why, I mean, and that's lovely, you can get a great view that way, but have the option of just staying in your cabin and looking out the window. It's fantastic. So for an Alaskan cruise, ocean view cabin, 100%. It's the best value for your money and the best experience. Sounds good. So here's a question. What is your favorite seat on a plane? Do you like window, middle, or aisle? Well, I've struggled with this because when I was younger, I wanted the window seat so I could look out the window and watch the plane take off, land, and stare at all the little people way down below. Uh, and then I got to the point where if I was at window and I need to use the washroom and I'm sitting next to two people who are sleeping, I now have to wake them up in order to go to use the washroom. Then I decided to use or chose the aisle seat because the aisle seat's great. You can sit there, use the washroom, get up, not disturb anybody. But you do run the risk of being hit in the arm or shoulder by the food cart. Maybe the knee. And the knee. <laughs> I, yeah, um, I would know, and it hurts. Uh, yeah, and, and now I'm thinking uh, if you are the type of person that likes to spread out and relax on a plane, if, uh, like, I'm the type of guy that I can, I can nap, but I can't actually sleep on a plane, I can close my eyes and relax for a bit, then I would choose the emergency exit row. Oh, of course. Yes, you are actually given, <laughs> you, you, you do have more responsibility in case of an emergency. How often does that happen? Not very rare, but still. Uh, you still need to have the, the understanding that if something did go wrong, you are required and you are responsible to ensure that you can open up that emergency exit to get everyone off the plane safely. The emergency exit also provides more leg room, so you can stretch out more, which is great. Uh, but it, if I had my absolute choice, I would pick aisle, emergency exit. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, for me, um, I gotta say, I gotta love. The, I love the window. And yeah, I mean, maybe it's partly that child, childlike enjoyment of watching, you know, the mountains and the people and the, you know, everything happen. Now, um, before you say that, the reason why I didn't pick the window was because now that I've gotten older, I tend to become more motion sickness hmm. or feel, you know, a little bit sick. So. 
looking out the window, going up through the clouds, that used to make me very unsteady. Uh, so now that's to eliminate that in any chances, I pick the aisle. So not only am I not disturbing anybody, I get uh, more leg room and easy access to the bathroom. And I can still look out the window. And But I, yeah. but you kind of control I, and have more choice over I, I have guess, more control yeah. and choice over how I feel and what I can do. Well, I'm happy to take the window anytime yeah. you're stuck with it. Because yeah. window is absolutely my favorite. I love the window. Uh, I, I kind of use the window as a headrest sometimes. So I'm mm-hmm. not leaning on another person. Mm-hmm. I can like rest my head against the window, which is nice. Uh, and so, you know, it... I don't know if you have more room or not because of the curvature of the plane, but it feels more spacious for some yeah. reason. It feels a little, a little more private because I've got a side without anybody on it. Uh, and so I absolutely adore a window um, for those reasons. And uh, yeah, I the aisle, I'm terrified of the aisle. Because yeah, like maybe I could intermittently stick my leg out and stretch a little bit, but I'm worried about that drink cart like nobody's business. Hitting the foot, the knee, uh, the elbow, the shoulder, the head. It does Uh, hurt. I'm probably not so much the head, but I've had people walking down the aisle. And even people, yeah. 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 I had somebody straight up grab onto my head for balance (laughs) one time. (laughs) (laughs) And I was was like, what the hell is happening? (laughs) Like, did an eagle just land on my head? How did an eagle get in here? (laughs) Like... uh, so that you know, I'm not. I'm not that. I hope fond they of the, apologized afterwards. They did not say a word. <laughs> um, and so, and you know, you, again, you have one last neighbor. So on one side, you don't have mm-hmm. people immediately, just sort of after a space, which is nice. Uh, and so for me, the middle, I guess, I like the least. I'm protected from that drink cart, but I've got people on either side. And depending on the dimensions of the people, sometimes it's like. You know, they take up more than just one seat, and and if I've got that on either side, then it's like a race sandwich, uh, <laughs> and I kind of get get squished. And... That's why I don't like the middle because I become Mike sandwich. Yeah, so I think we both put we would both put the middle as dead last. Then. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, aisle first, window second, middle third. And yeah, I'm and I'm just window first, aisle second, middle third, and of course exit row if you can get it. Uh, definitely absolutely. exit row, yes. But no, just know that they will ask you if you are capable and understand that there is extra responsibility should an emergency happen. So thinking about air travel, one of the things that I do uh, almost ritualistically is five minutes before boarding is supposed to begin, I use the bathroom. Yes. Because to address that issue of you know having to get to the bathroom, even if you've got an aisle seat, there could be other people. You're not allowed to form a, a, a row a or, or a, a line, line. Yeah. Uh, at certain washrooms on a plane. Uh, it's against like federal regulations. So it's like you know you're constantly looking for opportunity to strike. Somebody gets there before you, uh, all that kind of stuff. I don't want to deal with any of that. And so basically, no matter how I'm feeling, five minutes before boarding, I go and I use the washroom. So that's good because I'm almost never the first group boarding. Mm-hmm. So I should have more than enough time, but I normally make it back, uh, you know, assuming there's not too much of a wait or anything. I normally make it back before the boarding fully begins, but then I'm like fully ready, empty bladder, good mm-hmm. to go. Hopefully I can last the whole, the whole yeah. plane trip. I don't always, but especially when you're going like east, west, five and a half hour flight, mm, you can get a little dicey. Yeah. And also the washroom in, a, in an airplane is quite small. Yep. And if you had, if you don't like noise and you flush the toilet in a, it, it's, Pretty loud. It's a very loud vacuum, windy. It's like a scary sound. Yeah, it, it is loud and obnoxious, and it's scary. And so, if you can avoid using the bathroom on a plane, use a bathroom before you board. 
but not to the point where you're actually delaying the plane. Oh, I'm in the bathroom. Well, you should have maybe not five minutes before, maybe ten minutes before, depending on your. Yeah, and that's 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 why it's like five minutes before boarding begins. Yeah. And boarding lasts for a period of time, yeah. and they start with like you know sort of the people needing special assistance, military, you know, elite members, yeah. first class, and then on your way. So if you go just be- if, if you go five minutes before that process starts, you're pretty much guaranteed mm-hmm. to be back before your section's called, yeah. or at least in time to board. Certainly, um, yeah. And you know those airport or the airport bathrooms, you know, different quality, different airports, but mm-hmm. normally they're they're pretty decent. They're pretty decent. They're, they're, they're generally decent. better than the airplane bathroom. Yeah. And the airplane bathroom does have some challenges too. Like one time when I was using one of the first times I used, uh, I thought I had locked it and I had not. Oh. <laughs> and so I'm doing my business and the door opens. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I really thought I locked that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Super embarrassing. And they're also, even if it's locked for security reasons, there's ways to open it. Uh, even though it's locked internally. Okay. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not sure if I should share the secret. I, don't even, I wouldn't even know how to do it. I, uh, there, my understanding, I've never done it, and so don't abuse this, but no. my, my understanding is, is that there's normally like a, a, a little sign that says washroom or something else, yeah. and if you flip the sign up, there's normally a little switch that lets you override the lock. That's what I've read. Oh, so it'll go from uh, vacant to occupied? Yeah, like it'll let yeah. them unlock it from the outside because oh. maybe 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 somebody's in there doing something they shouldn't be doing on a plane that's like a danger or, to the plane. Or maybe they're having a medical issue. Yeah, exactly. They need a way to get in there that doesn't yeah. involve breaking the door down. So generally, there's some sort of a signage somewhere on the door that will flip up, and there's an override on the lock. I did not know that. That is, that. that is news to me. Wow. Yeah. So use okay. use this power responsibly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be evil. Do not be as evil. Google. No. <laughs> let people have their privacy unless it's required for an emergency only. Yeah. Uh, so I got an interesting question recently, which was, are excursions in Honduras safe? And that's a fair oh. question, um, because, you know, you hear things about Honduras. Uh, there's a lot of people migrating from Honduras because of, like, violence and gang oh. violence and things like that. So uh, one key thing to understand about Honduras, if you're going there on a cruise ship, you're probably going to Mahogany Bay. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, Ila Roatan, Roatan Island, mm-hmm. which is off of the mainland from Honduras. So it's much safer. It's similar to Cozumel that way. It's off, uh, Cozumel's off the coast of Mexico. So because it's an island, it's more controlled, it's more contained. You know, somebody couldn't rob a bank and then just drive away to like Canada or something yeah. because you're on an island. You're, yeah, there's nowhere you can go. And so it's a lot easier to control what's going on on that island. So for one thing to understand that where the cruises go in Honduras is a safer part of Honduras, generally speaking. Uh, so if it is, again, a carnival excursion, yeah, it's completely safe and the ship will wait for you. If you're going to a third party excursion, I would recommend doing some due diligence and research and maybe considering carnival alternatives. But again, Daniel Johnson's Sloth and Monkey Hangout, perfectly safe, very professional, very cost effective, I must say. Like mm-hmm. $40 will get you the whole you know, animal experience plus a tour of the island with yep. a stop at like a chocolate factory and stuff. Yep. It's fantastic. They make sure they get you back to the ship on time. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, yeah. Uh, others, I couldn't say because I don't have personal experience, but if you're worried about like a kidnapping or a mugging or a robbery or something like that, I don't think that's yeah. as big a concern where the cruises go. Mainland Honduras, I don't know. The, the, the concern would be greater, do more research and maybe be yeah. more hesitant. Um, but I think for the island of Ila Roatan, it's fairly safe. Uh, they don't have stoplights or sidewalks in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. They've got stop signs, and that's about it. So in terms of, like, once you're outside the cruise area, kind of walking along the road, 
uh, don't expect it to be like there's a paved sidewalk. There isn't really. Yeah. Uh, and so and so traffic is largely uncontrolled because there's no lights, um, but there's not a huge amount of traffic. So I, Honduras, I think uh, it sounds scarier than it is when you realize that you're on, a, on an island that is sort of separate and mm -hmm. safer. And also, if you're going to, if you're not sure about the safety of Honduras, you have to use a bit of common sense. So, for example, exercise caution is what I say. So, don't uh, walk out by yourself at nighttime, you know, flashing a bunch of money in your wallet and an expensive watch, jewelry. Do not go Mr. T style. Yeah. You know, it's um, keep your. Flavor, flavor. <laughs> don't have a giant clock. If yeah. you have a giant clock, get the clock at Walmart. Yeah, get, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> don't get it from the jewelry don't store. Flash expensive jewelry. Don't, like, take your rings off, you know. Try to fit in and don't look classy or ex don't show expensive items. Yeah, you you have to you have to use extreme caution. You got to use common sense. Now, common sense is not all that common, but just keep all your valuables in the ship. You don't need to take your jewelry. You don't need to take your necklaces with you on excursions. You know, if you have a watch, fine, put a watch on, but not a, an expensive Rolex or you know, it's like you use a little sport watch that if you if it does get lost, or at least you don't have to worry about it. Um, keep your phone hidden. You know, use it, yes, but don't flash it around, especially, you know, if you have an Apple phone or whatever, because there are people, residents on the island, that don't have those type of things, and seeing it might, you know... Provide temptation. Exactly. Yeah. So, you, it's basically use your own caution, uh, use your own common sense, and just be careful out there, you know, know your surroundings. Yeah. You know, don't go into areas, don't go into dark alleyways, you know, it's... Uh, Stay where the tourists go. If you need to go off track, and see if see about getting a guide or you know booking a guide or you know, I'm sure there are a lot of volunteers out there that would be happy to help you. And don't go alone. Always go with somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, regardless of the port that I'm going to, rare is the time that I carry more than say a hundred dollars U.S. cash yeah. with me. Yeah. I can, if I bring more on the trip, I might leave it securely locked somewhere in the cabin. Well, hidden yep. uh, and secured. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't bring much more than 100 U.S. cash. Uh, I bring my phone and I might bring my DSLR. I'll keep the DSLR in a backpack most of the time unless I'm actively taking pictures. Mm -hmm. So, like, don't let your fear limit you uh, such that you're afraid to use your phone or bring a bit of money or bring a DSLR or bring a watch. Those are all practical things. Yeah, just use caution. But all. jewelry serves yeah. no necessary purpose. No. And uh, bringing more than... You know, $100 cash is probably unnecessary, mm -hmm. depending on what you have planned. Uh, you know, uh, if you've got multiple credit cards, maybe just bring one. Maybe you don't need to bring, you know, mul a multitude. Little things like that. You know, be practical about it. But also don't let your fear or your concerns hold you back from having an experience. Because yeah. uh, if it's unnecessary, you're just going to be kicking yourself. Like, one of the first times I was in, I think it was like the second time I was in Cozumel. We were walking around trying to find this restaurant Isabella wanted to go to. And I was absolutely terrified. I mean, maybe not terrified. But I was concerned. It was a rundown part of town. There were no tourists around. A lot of dark alleys. Stuff like that. I mean, it was daytime. But, you know, a lot of alleys and stuff like that. And I was keenly aware of where my my wallet and everything was mm -hmm. and then when I got home I was doing some reading about Cozumel and I was reading about how the violent crime rate is nearly zero and their worst problem is pickpockets and yeah. they're like okay knowing where my wallet was was practical but being afraid of being murdered was totally uh, uncalled for now that I had that information so um, that kind of thing can can help mitigate it too wherever you're going yeah and also be aware that if you do have a wallet or your passport keep it in your front pocket 
All right, so that way you have your, where your hands are. So you can always feel with your hands, okay, it's still in my front pocket. Or a lot of pit pockets are able to pull items out of your back pocket without you knowing. So. Yeah, or make sure that your po your back pockets are buttoned. If or it has a button, then, button that's pretty, then, then you're good then, there too. Then you're good there, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's Honduras. Uh, another question that we got somewhat recently is, are tenders safe? Although I guess I should say, are water taxis safe? Because Carnival's yeah. calling them water taxis now. Um, but water, water shuttles, whatever they, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, okay, is it safe? Now, my first thought is, okay, if you're a taller person, sometimes there's a low ceiling, watch your head. Yeah, duck. Um, but what, what they really were asking is, can you fall into the ocean? <laughs> um, I hate again, to laugh. I mean, I don't want to make fun again, of people. Again, this is where common concerns. sense comes in. Uh, it's And so the thing is, is like there's staff there that are wearing personal flotation devices, yep. you know, life vests. Uh, and so it's relatively safe. Just follow the instructions and listen carefully. Um, don't have one foot on one of the, the ships, either the cruise ship or the tender, and the other one on the bridge at an extended period of time. Always be on one with both of your feet. So, you know, take one quick step, then the other, so that you're fully on the bridge or fully on the ship. Don't have one in each, because then if they start to separate due to the motion of the ocean, mm -hmm. you might start doing the splits and things can get problematic. Yeah. Uh, I've 21 cruises, I've never seen anyone fall in. No. Almost every cruise I've been on have had uh, at least one tender part. Several had multiples. I've never even heard a story, really, of someone falling nope. in. I've heard the odd story of, like, a piece of luggage falling uh, or, into or the water. Or a phone or a camera. Because yeah, people dropping holding things. Holding on to items. Yeah. But never a person. No. So, I mean, no guarantees. No. Be, you know, be safe. be safe. But, again, don't let your fear, you know, hold you back from experiences. If you're not going to take the tender because you think you're going to be the first person in, like, a million to fall into the ocean... Uh, I think you're letting your fear paralyze you a little too yeah. much. And the thing is, uh, experiences broaden the mind and, and give you more experience. And so you'll be able to, uh, you know, adapt to different situations if you let yourself have experiences. So think about the risk of not letting yourself have the experience. Yeah, and also, because you might have learned something that could protect you in a completely unrelated situation later. So don't uh, don't let fear paralyze you, I guess is yeah. my message. Yeah, and, and also if you're going to take a picture, stand up, hold on to the stanchion bar or something, you know. Secure yourself before you take that picture. And also have a... Have a, a string or rope around your arm, securing wrist your, or wrist strap to your uh, camera or your phone. Yeah. So that way, if anything does happen, because it is you know quite bumpy in the waters, depending on how fast the boat's going. Yep. And uh, there, there could be a bit of a. Yeah. Uh, if if you find you yourself like leaning out with your camera or whatever, where the camera is above the water. Yeah. Then ideally, you should have it secured to you in some way. A simple Absolutely. little wrist strap. You could get a GoPro wrist strap or the things fully mounted with Velcro if you like. We got one of those. You know, there's different options. Uh, you know, or hold it securely with both hands, but that is even taking a little bit of a risk. Yeah. Um, but it's really, yeah, it's more about your property than about your person that mm -hmm. might be at any kind of risk. And even again, 21 cruises, multiple ports, yeah. tons of tenders. I've never even seen property fall in. I've no. not, I haven't seen so much as a hat fall in. Yeah. I haven't seen sunglasses, camera, anything. Yeah. So uh, it's an exceptionally rare occurrence. I would think that we're talking like winning the lottery, getting hit by lightning level likelihood of happening. Yeah. So no guarantees, be safe, but just don't let be it paralyze safe, you. Use caution and use common sense. So how do you not get sick on a cruise ship? Because that's mm. that's often in the media, you know, some norovirus or some other thing spreads through a cruise mm -hmm. ship. I've been on, uh, I was on the breeze one time with Sam. The previous sailing, there was like some sort of thing that went around. And so we weren't able to serve ourselves food for the first half of the cruise. Okay. Uh, everything, it was the crew had to serve it with tongs. Okay. Uh, and so that was like, so they have measures that they take when something happens to mitigate the spread of, of stuff like that. So what are some of the things you can do? Uh, and it really boils down to two tips that are the same tip. Wash your hands 
and use hand sanitizer. It's the same yep. thing. Keep the hands clean. The hands are the things that are going to come into contact mostly with other objects and people. And so you're going to want to wash with soap and water and dry them properly. Uh, and then when you're out and about on the ship, they've got the hand sanitizer stations. It takes no time out of your day. Stick your hand under there, the little, you know, and then as so. you're walking, just do the thing. Um, and that's really the, the best thing that you can do. Um, anything beyond that would, I, I think, be a, um, a little paranoid, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there's some good etiquette when serving yourself food, you know. If you're going to uh, sneeze or cough, cover your mouth. Yeah, turn away uh, Turn away from cover. the food, yep. Yeah. Uh, and when you're serving yourself, use the utensils to serve yourself. Don't yeah. just grab with your hands unless yeah. it's obviously okay to do that, like a box of cereal. You probably don't need tongs for the box of cereal. No, yeah. uh, once you touch something, don't put it back. Yeah. Generally speaking. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you don't want to spread whatever you might have as much as protect yourself, protect others, pay it forward. Yeah. Um, but mostly it's that. I mean, 21 cruises, I got sick once. I got a cold from somebody else in my party. Mm. I would have gotten it from them as hanging out at home. Yeah. It would have happened cruise ship, not cruise ship. Not, I've done know. what? Seven, six, seven cruises now? And I've the only time I've been sick is by motion sickness. Yeah, or like a little heat stroke. Or a little heat stroke. That's it. Yeah. But nothing by the food or other people here. It's mm -hmm. it's quite safe, and the standards and guidelines that they use to keep people safe is phenomenal. And that's actually, I think, maybe one of the things is people sometimes confuse heat stroke with like getting sick because yeah. the symptoms are somewhat similar. Yeah. You can run a fever. There can be vomiting. You can feel generally ill. Uh, a little congestion even uh, and stuff like that and so protecting yourself from the sun mm -hmm. can help you you know uh, from heat stroke wear a hat have sunblock don't spend too much time in the sun consume water not just tequila when, yeah. when you're on a cruise yeah. you know uh, things like that can help keep you well even though it's not like a cold you would catch but it might have similar symptoms you might misidentify it mm -hmm. uh, you know that's sort of a thing you know being aware of the food you're eating when you're in port things like that um, make but, sure things are fully cooked you know yeah, but generally, generally speaking, uh, again, 21 cruises, got sick one time, and I would have gotten sick anyways, whether I've been on the cruise or not. So yeah. uh, I think that it's one of those things where it gets reported on a lot when it happens, but it happens rarely. Very rarely, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's similar to like when a Tesla car crashes. It happens so rarely, it makes the news, mm -hmm. but if that's all that ma is making the news, that's what you think happens all the time, even yeah. though it's much more rare in occurrence. Yeah. And it's, it's this irony that it's because it's rare that it gets reported on, it gets reported on, people think it happens all the time. Yeah. It, it's it a doesn't. very short circuit to misrepresent reality, which yeah. is unfortunate. And again, don't let it hold you back. How to pick a good cabin on a cruise ship. We tried covering this before, and there were some technical difficulties. <laughs> so um, I believe we were able to get the video out, but uh, the audio was messed up. We weren't able to have it for the podcast. So this okay. is for the, the podcast listeners of how to pick um, a good cabin for a cruise ship. Can I uh, make a suggestion? Go uh, if you do book a cabin, the front of the ship... Uh, it was a deck five or deck six where you're next to the uh, anchor. Oh, yeah. You can watch out for the anchor. You watch out for the anchor. And different classes of ship will be different locations. That's yeah. something that you could consider because yeah. when that thing goes down, it makes a hell of a noise. It, it does. It, 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 it's loud. It's, it's, it's not pleasant. It's, no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it is. It's, it's not fun to listen to. You actually think there's something going on, but it's not. It's just they're just dropping anchor to secure the ship. So also when you do get your cabin... Find out where noise uh, devices are, I guess you could say. Yeah. So 
some things about like vibration and noise. If you're at the back of the ship, you're closer to the engine. Yeah. So you might feel the engine vibration more. If you're at the front of the ship, you're more likely to feel the motion of the ocean, as yeah. they say, uh, because that's sort of where the waves are hitting the front of the ship and it's kind of um, going up with acceleration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the front is where the anchor could be, depending on where you're located on yeah. the ship. Um, figuring out where the anchor is is a little tricky because I don't think they show that on maps. But okay. I, I do recommend checking uh, the deck plans before booking. That's an important piece. So you want to go for the middle because you're away from the engine, you're away from the waves. Uh, and generally speaking, the higher up, the smoother the sailing is you feel the motion a little less at higher decks you're also closer to the food and activities on most ships Mm -hmm. legend and breeze is slight exceptions because legend has stuff on deck two and the uh, and dream sorry dream is an exception because dream has things on deck five okay but generally speaking higher gets you closer to the action uh with those two exceptions noted as well you're gonna want to look at the deck plan and for the floor that you're looking at booking look how close you are to the elevators is that a concern um, and also look for blank spaces on the on the map. That could be like luggage storage, and that could make a racket. Oh yes, that happened to me on the Sunshine. Oh okay. And look one deck below and one deck above you as well on those deck plans. Are you above or below the nightclub, the performance area, mm. the galley, luggage storage? Things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so really, if you want to take your time about it and be careful, you want to go for the middle, as high as possible, check the deck plans for things around you. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you want to be surrounded on all sides by other cabins. Yeah. That's generally the quietest. Or by nothing at all. If you're if you're okay with being aft, you know, maybe you'll have nothing on, you know, you'll be in a corner or something. Um, but that's sort of the basic ways to pick a good cabin. Mm-hmm. So the, the last topic we've got here is... Uh, What's it like going on a cruise in December? Mm. Uh, because December is a little bit different. In fact, every holiday is a little bit different. This cruise we're on right now began with Mother's Day. Yes. So they had a nice carving of, of the word mom. Yeah. Uh, they had some special Mother's Day events, which was nice. When you're in December, uh, you can expect decorations on the ship okay. uh, in a lot of different places, uh, which is quite nice. There might be a mailbox where you can send a letter to Santa. Oh, they, they often have um, Christmas-themed events. Mm-hmm. So they'll have like a choir in the atrium where Santa Claus might show up and give out little things to the kids. Uh, they, they Even when they do something like that, they might have fake snow descend uh, down the atrium lobby, which That's is really great. quite nice. Yeah. Uh, so it's really pretty cool. Um, and of course, uh, December... It's probably better weather than back home. If you're thinking about cruising in December, where where you live, it's probably going to be colder. So it's a lovely time to cruise for that reason as well, because you get a little better uh, temperature. Um, And so there's some practical things, though, because we're going to be cruising on the Panorama in December. Mm -hmm. It leaves on December 14th. We're going to be losing a week of prime shopping time. So that's a practical thing to consider. Um, You know, get your shopping done early if you're going to be cruising in December. Uh, You'll probably save money that way. Uh, Generally, the sales are better uh, the further out anyways. Um, But that's something to, like, if you do decide to do that, something to consider plan ahead. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's also a greater risk of delays because of weather. The weather's often not that great. There can be snow at the airport. Roads might get closed. Who knows? That kind of thing around December. So there is a slight risk associated. So if you're cruising in December... Uh, you probably want to give yourself extra time. You definitely don't want to fly in the same day as your cruise. No, don't. Fly in the day before, the day before that, and get a hotel, and so that way you're... Yeah, it takes the stress off, and and the risk is reduced, and it might be a little bit more cost, but that's also an enjoyable experience as far as I'm concerned. I love staying in a hotel, I go for a nice dinner, whatever. That can be nice, ease into it, Um, but 
It's good advice generally, much more so in December where the weather's problematic and the travel season is super busy as people are going to see their families. Yes. So your flights might end up being a little bit more expensive, upgrades a little less likely, things of that nature. The airport could be busier. Um, so be aware of those potential costs for this, this special experience. Um, and, you know, the cruise itself may or may not be more or less, depending on those various factors. Yeah. Uh, and also, if you're traveling with children, keeping in mind that they might be missing some school or not, depending on their winter break. Oh, yes. And again, the number one rule about saving money on your cruise is if you cruise when kids are in school, it's cheaper. So being aware maybe when the Christmas break is, if you go slightly before that, then you can maybe still get the 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 December experience, but without some of those other challenges of cost and busyness. Yeah. So... That's a great topic for May. Don't you? <laughs> great topic for May. For the yeah. May podcast. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, we're going to be coming back uh, with another podcast, probably at least for Gen Con, possibly sooner if there's a Mario Marathon or anything else mm -hmm. happening. So yeah. uh, we do have a Patreon now. So you can vote um, on topics that you would like to see in the podcast at the $1 level. That's patreon.com slash vacationimpossible. At the $3 level, you can actually suggest topics. You can even send us an audio file of yourself, and we'll play you asking the question, and then we'll respond. We'd be happy to do that. Yes. Uh, we just started that at the beginning of this month in May, so we're still figuring out what's going on with our Patreon. Uh, basically, the idea is it's going to be behind-the-scenes stuff. So we're going to have some behind-the-scenes pictures, uh, behind-the-scenes blog posts talking about how we do what we do. Uh, Vacation Impossible is all about travel and, you know, getting you to travel more, travel smarter, travel yeah. cheaper. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're going to do on sort of the, the YouTube channel and the podcast and other things. But if you want some behind-the-scenes stuff, that's going to be on the Patreon. That's going to be, yeah. Uh, and also the opportunity to potentially influence what we what we do in the future. So uh, we, we thank you, those of, uh, those of you that do support us on Patreon. We've got John from Stupid Robot Fighting League was our first uh, Patreon supporter. And uh, he was one of the people that suggested we do it. So I uh, want to give a special shout-out to him. Thank you so much for the support and encouragement we love having you around and we love your channel so um yeah other than that make sure that you subscribe to this podcast uh this is available on wherever fine podcasts can be found we're talking podbean uh google play uh itunes stitcher we're on spotify we're all over the place so please do subscribe and please if the platform allows you to give a, a, a rating please do uh we currently have one rating on the apple uh itunes store okay. and it's yeah. one it's one star Okay. I think that's a little harsh, personally. Harsh, yeah. I think maybe we could rank at least two stars. I don't know. Yeah. We'd love for you guys to uh, to wade in. If it's one star and that's fair, hey, that's great. Give us feedback. Well, we'd love to Let us know what we're doing wrong and what, we're, what we can improve on. And what we're doing right and yeah. how we can be better. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, we're definitely keen to help you guys out that way. You can find pictures on Instagram. We're Vacation Impossible there. Mm -hmm. Hit us up on Twitter at Vacay Impossible. You can send us an email, team, yeah. at vacationimpossible.ca. We're on pretty much every social media platform you can think of. We're on Flickr. We're on Tumblr. We're on all Facebook. Yeah. And absolutely, facebook.com slash yeah. vacation impossible. Yeah. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Was if there I, anything else that you had? If I could uh, mention a few, if there's anybody out there that wants to have more ideas on traveling, such as how to book a rental car, what you should be choosing in regards to having a rental, what insurance you need, what type of vehicle is most economical, the, the, the fuel options and stuff, let us know. If you want to know more about that, we can definitely... Uh, provide you with information on that as well and also how to book a hotel and uh, what are the best hotels out there what what you should be looking for what what you should not be looking for what you should avoid that sort of thing so if we can help you out in regards to those items whether hotels uh, booking a, um, a rental car uh, any other travel 
adventures that you feel we have not covered enough of, let us know in yeah. the comments, and uh, we'll be more than happy to uh, answer those questions for you. Yeah, part of me wants to say we've done it all. I mean, we've done yeah. plane, we've done train, yeah. we've done car, we've done cruise ship, we've done yeah. a lot, yeah. but we haven't necessarily done it all, and so yeah. we're definitely looking for new ideas for other things to try as well. So, exactly, yeah. Uh, and, and Patreon is a great place to do that at the $3 level. You can uh, you can join, uh, support the podcast, and uh, uh, and the YouTube channel and everything else, and that would yeah. be a great way to uh, suggest topics for a future uh, podcast. And uh, one po topic I'm just going to tease that we're going to have coming up on a oh. future edition of the podcast, oh. probably not the Gen Con one, but maybe in December, we're going to be talking about our full face snorkel masks deadly. Oh, we, 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 uh, when next time Mindy's on the podcast, she's going to be covering that and giving some information. So okay. uh, stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you out there on future podcasts and all of our social media. We really appreciate your time. Thanks yes. for listening. Thank you for listening. Take care.